I think the media wants Jim Harbaugh to win. No, he they ju- don't. He just hasn't no done way. it. I've seen so many people go to bat for Jim, just like, look, he, he is only a couple weird plays away from being a top, top-tier coach. But if you're at this school for five years and still haven't been able to beat your rival, there's only so much you can the say. The media wants something to talk about, and they're finding it in Jim. And they'll find it. The, yeah. the man could yeah. cure cancer tomorrow and go 14-0, <laughs> win a national title, and they'd still find something to complain about. Probably. Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. Sponsored by Raisin Canes. I did not call to play. I came to dominate. Dominate. Season two is on. My name is Mitch. He is Jason. Welcome to the first episode of season two of the Rivalry Podcast, where your garbage-free college football show, keeping you up to date with both teams of the greatest rivalry in all of sport with weekly episodes. We promised you last season that we would be back and better than ever, and it's true. We are because... Raising Canes has come alongside us as the official exclusive sponsor hand for, of the Rivalry Podcast. Right a huge thanks to them. Jace, you have 10 seconds to explain what makes this podcast unlike any other podcast. I don't Go. think, as far as I know, no other Michigan-Ohio State fans focused on the present have done a podcast like this before, which maybe we should have taken a hint on, <laughs> but here we are, it's and we're not glad easy. that you're here. By the way, on Twitter, at Jace and Mitch, on uh, Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, really, wherever, whatever. search yeah. for The Rivalry Podcast, again, on Twitter, at J-A-C-E. And Mitch, we'd love to hear from you. So the game clock, we're going to do this every week. Episodes are going to come out on Wednesdays through the whole season, keeping you guys in the loop of what's going on with that team up north and Ohio State. The game clock is what we're going to do at the beginning of each episode. It's keeping track of how many days till the game. The game clock says we have three days until kickoff and 91 (laughs) days until the game. There's so... How... Like... You know, like some people will take like an aspirin for a headache that they know they're going to have. <laughs> Preemptive How far aspirin. ahead can I start doing that? <laughs> I started last 90 week. Days. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I started at the Miami, Florida game. I was like, oh my gosh, this is it's, actually This is happening. what a first week of college football is going to look like. This Goodness is amazing. Gracious. Okay. What are we diving into this week? So we've got, uh, we've got this new thing that we're going to do. And I guess it's all new if it's your first time joining us. So welcome. Uh, it's called the soap box where we're going to get... Two minutes of unadulterated, uninterrupted, kind of, I'm going to get this off my chest type of speech. And so I think I'm the only one that's going this week, but know that you've got that option in the future. Noted. Um, game predictions, of course, Michigan, Middle Tennessee State and Ohio State and Florida Atlantic. We'll get into some of that, what you can expect. And as always, the brand new segment that we started in the offseason, the worst tweet of the week. And I cannot wait to get to it. It's a good time. So let's start off with the soapbox because I, I need to get this off my chest today. And I, I, this might surprise you when I first say this, but Ohio is a magical place. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's an ama- amazing place. The the people and the media here are just like the Ohio weather. Might change depending on the day, depending <laughs> on how we're feeling. Okay. So you might remember this offseason, Jim Harbaugh was absolutely roasted by the media, by Ohio, by Ohio State fans, and by that random fan the Pac-12 has. Uh, just so we remember they exist. He was roasted <laughs> over comments he made about Urban Meyer. He was asked by the media um, what he thought about Urban Meyer retiring. And you can find this in a previous podcast episode, too, by the way. And Harbaugh said, you know what? Success has followed Urban everywhere he's gone. But so has controversy. A statement that is verifiably true. Like you can't you can't debate that you would think. But it seems like nobody really likes the truth. 
So pundits whined and moaned that Urban isn't the coach anymore. Urban's retired. Leave non-coaches out of this. And despite this statement being true, apparently a non-coach isn't supposed to be involved in this bickering. Like, it's Harbaugh versus Ryan Day at this point. All that changed last week when on the set of the Big Ten Network, Urban Meyer's on this panel and they said, hey, is this Michigan's year? To which he coyly responds, for what? And the media loved it. The media loved the shots being fired. The Ohio State fans loved it. That college friend of yours who pretends to like Stanford now that Andrew Luck retired, he loved it too. (laughs) So suddenly a non-coach is allowed to take pot shots at a rival that he's no longer involved with. He's allowed to be part of a professional panel, supposedly unbiased, and continue the rivalry smack talk. And the, the media doesn't care. They love it. Because Urban Meyer qualifies for the one rule the media has. Don't be Jim Harbaugh. And I would say this is Urban Meyer at his worst, but I forgot that Urban's leading a team-building conference with Gene Smith and teaching a class on leadership this fall. Are you done? I feel better. With the soapboxes, because this is new. With the soapboxes, do I get a rebuttal? You can reply. That's fine. I just want to get that off my chest first. Urban Meyer... I don't know if you only saw the first 10 seconds of that clip or if you watched the whole thing, but I'd be interested to know your thoughts on the rest of the video because as he went on to be respectful and talk about how talented their players are, how talented Mr. Gaddis is, how talented their defense and especially their offensive line is, that he thinks that because Gaddis is a 35-year-old brand new coach who's never called a play in his life, he thinks that with a record of 1-9 and nine against top 10 teams in the past and they have to play two of them this season, that it's probably... Probably unlikely that in just given the stats and the current situation, statistically, that that's going to happen. I will give you the fact that the year for what was a little salty, and that's what the media is kind of all about. I, what I think the main thing is is that there's 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 tension at the beginning of the season, and it's great to be the the listeners of this and to get to see that this is still. I, I would I would not have preferred it if this didn't happen. I love this sort of I stuff. I would be, and I wouldn't even mind if he if he does this because I thought he did go on to actually you know analyze and he said some some actually some good things about Michigan about their players their talent level. But it's it's more it's less about him and more about the media's perception of oh no. Jim, you can't say that. You can't make a statement that's actually true. Mostly but because when, he hasn't won but anything. But when Urban makes an emotional statement that is not verified, in fact, all of a sudden that's okay. And that's just, it's ridiculous. It's par for the course. We won't go into the whole uh, transfer window thing with the NCAA. The media hates Jim Harbaugh. Fine. I think the media would like Jim Harbaugh a lot. I think the media wants Jim Harbaugh to win. No, he they ju- don't. He just hasn't no done way. it. I've seen so many people go to bat for Jim. Just like, look, he he is only a couple weird plays away from being a top top tier coach. But if you're at this school for five years and still haven't been able to beat your rival, there's only so much you can the say. The media wants something to talk about, and they're finding it in Jim, and they'll find it. The, yeah. the man could yeah. cure cancer tomorrow and go fourteen and zero, win a national title, and they'd still find something to complain about. Probably. So let's let's look at uh, at actual football being played real excited about this let's let's go ahead and start with ohio state ohio state brand new head coach ryan day florida atlantic lane kiffin coming into the shoe on saturday it's game week can we just take a moment and breathe in this fresh air that it's game week that that feels good state and that team's football program will be playing football this saturday that on saturday we will sit down with tailgate food and watch 
our respective teams play and beat the crud out of some <laughs> lesser teams to start this off. What more could you I, want? I am very, very excited for this. Just to put into perspective how poor quality these two teams that Ohio State <laughs> and Michigan are playing this weekend. They played each other last last year, and they're so evenly bad that the final score between Middle Tennessee and Florida Atlantic last year, Middle Tennessee won 25-24, to which is about as close of a game as you can have and they are they both went very very poor or very poor records last year. Uh Florida Atlantic went 5 and 7 last year with their best win being 52 to 33 over Old Dominion. That was their best Listen, game. Listen, don't sleep on Old Dominion though. <laughs> My score prediction for the end of this game cuz it's it's you got some rust. It's the first time a lot of these yep. players are playing in front of a huge crowd. Ohio State's going to be 56 and they're going to give up 17 points against Florida Atlantic. A couple touchdowns, miscues, and a field goal. I think that's where it's at. I, I don't disagree with you. I have 56 to 20 on my sheet. Ooh, and I did not go of a difference. All right. Because I think what you're going to see is you're going to see FAU score enough points because they haven't they have an okay offense. They have one of the the best tight ends in the country. And they've got Lane Kiffin. And they Which have the plus. Lane Kiffin factor. <laughs> but I think FAU scores enough points to kind of poke some holes already in the we completely fixed our defense thing because their offense is not bad they have a decent offense their defense is what's going to struggle um but yeah i agree ohio state's going to roll this is this is going to be exactly what you said rust is going to get kind of shaken off a little bit and this is the the best case scenario and we've said this in previous episodes this is the best case scenario for a guy like justin fields a guy who has not started a snap of college football he's not started a game since high school this is the perfect schedule. He's got FAU. He's got Cincinnati. He's got Miami of Ohio. Here's a great opportunity to kind of get all that rust off, to get some in-game tune-up, some actual game playing time. You know, there, there's no Alabama. There's no Florida. There's no Notre Dame, which <laughs> Michigan seems to keep trying to open or play these teams early <laughs> in the season. The last seven years, they've played all of them. I'm yeah. glad we're done with that. But, you know, there's no team like that. They He's going to have an opportunity to figure out the offense. Um and I think that's going to be really good for him. Yeah, I don't expect much of anything. I think FAU scores a few more points than Buckeye fans might like. For Michigan, uh, kind of the same thing, where uh, not necessarily the, the new quarterback, because having Shea Patterson come back is going to be really good. Uh, Michigan fans, you can expect to see, and it's not probably just going to be this game, by the way, expect to see a lot of Dylan McCaffrey as well. Yeah. Don't be surprised if Joe Milton gets quite a few reps in there. And some guy from the student section <laughs> playing fourth string. Uh, the the defense for Middle Tennessee State, they are fast. They, they have a, a fast-moving defense, but they return just two starters. That's going, going to be a problem. It's a night game. It's the season opener. It's against Michigan. It's on the road. So all these things do not play in the favor of the Blue Raiders, yeah. <laughs> which is also a real-life mascot in Division One football. Um, expect a couple of pos- uh, possessions for Michigan to kind of figure out the game plan. Don't freak out if Michigan's not up 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Michigan's going to do the same Jim Harbaugh thing that it always does. Yes, I know Gaz is running the offense, but expect there to be a lot of runs. Expect there to be a lot of let's just kind of we're not going to show too much. But also as the game progresses, expect Josh Gass to open up the playbook a little bit. You're going to see some fast paced offense, some no huddle, some deep shots down the field, a little bit of trickery. And uh, Michigan's O-line is going to dominate. Things are going to get good. I have Michigan 49 to nothing. I don't think Middle Tennessee State scores on this defense. I, In the history of the easy games for Michigan, I put Michigan 42, Middle Tennessee 24. 
shaking off the rust. You think they're going to score 24 points on Michigan's defense? I mean, you hate to see it, but I think that that would be a possibility. So we're going to see what happens. If you think that Jason and I have... my worst tweet of the week. (laughs) Hold on. If you think Jason and I... 24 points. I think it's going to happen. We'll talk about this Boy, I can't wait till next week. If you think we have no idea what we're talking about and you want the... Let us know what your score predictions are. Tweet at us at Jace and Mitch what your score predictions are. If you beat us in the final scores, if you're closer to the final scores than we are, you will be thrown into a raffle for a $25 Canes gift card. That's basically four three-finger chicken combos and a lot of bragging rights. And you can eat them all at the same time. Why wouldn't you? I mean, that's what I do every time. Four at a time. There's no other way to do it. So let me go back real quick for a second and talk about why my score predictions are the way they are, because I feel like I kind of breezed over it and you gave much more of an in-depth analysis. Well done. I think that Ohio State is going to give up less points to their opponent. One, because of, I almost said Chase Winovich, and that's not his name. Chase Young. Chase Young. Two Chases, give me a break. Chase Young. He's basically Nick Bosa, but with way cooler hair. He's got the long dreadlocks. Be on the lookout for him because... As a defensive unit, that was the big flaw for Ohio State last year is we were giving up huge plays to everyone. That wasn't a matter if they were good or bad. We were giving up huge plays across the board. And so what I think having 85% of our defense come back, that's a huge deal. I know you guys had the number one defense in the country last year. I don't know what percentage of your defense is returning, but having 85% of the defense that now has bowl game experience and has a lot of just experience in general having kind of felt what that sting is of giving up big plays, I think that is a huge, huge advantage on the Buckeye side. But just because you have experience doesn't mean that you've gotten better. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, Fair. But at all, the beginning of the season, this is all you can hope for. Well, you like, take these all, random speculations and just all, hope for the best. All last year, all we heard, or you know, because I'm I'm hearing Ohio State stuff, is we fixed the defense, we fixed the defense, we fixed the defense. They gave up plays, you know, 80-yard runs, et cetera, from game one, all the way through the bowl game and nothing changed. There was there was improvement. I think it wasn't a fast Where? enough improvement. You almost you lost you excuse me, you beat Maryland because the guy Barely. overthrew his receiver and you still gave up 40 points to Michigan in one of the biggest Ohio State wins you've had in years. Okay, next week I'll bring the actual statistics so I don't just sound like a mope. See, this <laughs> is what I'm going to prove you. If you are new to the rivalry podcast, this is what you can expect. Expect Mitch <laughs> okay. to bring emotion. And I'll bring logic and class. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. All right. So Justin Fields is our other guy. He's a quarterback. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins has moved on. He's with the Redskins. He's going to be their backup quarterback. By the way, he was insane. It's a it's a shame to think that people aren't going to remember Dwayne Haskins as much or as impressive as he was record setting passing quarterback because it was Urban Myers last year. I think that's how people are going to remember last year. Dwayne was unbelievable. But Justin Fields is the highest prospected football player in Ohio State's history. He is wicked talented. Granted, he has not gotten a lot of playing time at all, but we're at. If he plays well, there's a good chance Ohio State could sweep the table this year, even yeah. with the schedule well, that we a, have. He's a five-star athlete coming out of high school, and we've we've chatted about this where y- you don't know. It's just like a guy coming out of the coming out of college, highly recruited, and then you know, think of a guy like RG three. 
coming out of Baylor. Right. High, high hopes for his NFL career. And he gets there. And what is he fourth string on Las Vegas Raiders now? Like, I don't even know what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. These days. So it's kind of the same thing. You can come out of high school, but college football at the D1 level is a totally different animal. So who knows? Yeah. He's definitely going to be the special sauce of this team this year. If he plays really well, we're going to do really yeah. well. If he doesn't, we're not. And speaking of special sauce, there is no better special sauce in the world. Than Cane sauce. Have That's you, so true, man. When is the last time you've been to Cane's? I know it hasn't been I went been long. I, last week. Excellent. I went last week. Now, do, that, you, do that. you do the move where you substitute something for an extra Cane sauce, or do you just add a Cane sauce on there? Because you, you can sub things I'll, in and yeah, out. Yeah, usually I'll, everything that they have is good, though. So usually I will just get the extra Cane sauce because you can never have too much of that stuff. Seriously. And just everything can go in. The coleslaw can go in it. The bread can go in it. The, the coleslaw chicken, and the sauce? Everything can go in Come on, it. It's man. amazing. So in college, I went there and I love Cane sauce. And so I tried to, I wanted to go there and buy a tub so I could just use it with my guys at the house. Yeah. And they wouldn't give me like a, a tub of that well, stuff. yeah, you can't give away your special sauce. Well, here's the thing is they do, but it doesn't come in a pre-packaged thing because they make it daily at the location. It's homemade <sighs> so every good. day. So what they did is they took a large cup, which I exclusively use for sweet tea there because the sweet tea is incredible, and they filled a cup with cane sauce. Because they didn't, I was expecting, you know, like a tub with a, yeah, 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 with yeah. a lid and yeah. everything and says cane sauce. That's not what you get. You get a, you get a cup full of cane sauce because it's homemade every day. It doesn't come in a bag. And you don't even, I mean, you should get the chicken fingers because they're amazing, obviously, but you don't even need them at that point. You've got a cup full of cane sauce. You pop a lid, you pop a straw in there, and then you just sip on that all day long. And you're happy. Like a Diet Coke. You're it's so amazing. happy. Delicious. Speaking, so that's the special sauce, the really good special sauce. Really bad. And that's bad, Justin Fields. Yeah, exactly. Real bad special sauce comes from our, our worst tweet of the week. It's a good transition. I, you know, job. I try every now so, and then. So the worst tweet of the week, by the way, this can come from you as well. In fact, we'd rather it come from you. But as you're scouring the Twitter sphere, if you see something, you go, wow, that exists on God's good green internet. Um, <laughs> this is an opportunity for you to tweet at us at Jace and Mitch so that we can see it. We'll like it. And we may even feature it on next week's worst tweet of the week. This week's worst tweet of the week. Um, this is one that <laughs> should be obvious. Well, let's talk about this for a second. Uh, it comes from our good buddy, Tate Martell. Good old Tate. Technically, this tweet didn't come out this week, but I'm going to make an exception because it's bad buddy. news. So he tweeted back in December of 2018 when it was looking like Justin Fields was going to transfer to Ohio State from Georgia. And Tate Martell just put this out on Twitter. He said, word of advice to no one in particular, I'm sure. Word of advice, don't swing and miss, especially not your second time. That's December of 2018. So basically what he's saying there is don't have Justin yeah. Fields come don't over come here, here and, and let me beat you out. Exactly. exactly. So December of 2018, he tweets that out. In January of 2019, Tate Martell transfers to Miami and Justin Fields comes to Ohio State. In August of 2019, Tate Martell gets passed over for the starting job at Miami. Whoa! And last weekend, Tate Martell starts the season 0-1, taking snaps at wide receiver with zero catches to show for it. Yikes. Buddy. Here's the thing I love about Tate Martell. Tate Martell is actually a great, I don't want to say metaphor for this podcast, <laughs> but Tate Martell is a uniting force for both Michigan and Ohio State fans. I don't know if you've there noticed are those this. things. It's like Michigan State. There like, are those things. That's also true. Alabama, for that matter. Uh, Nick Saban. But Tate Martell is a uniting force because Michigan fans, obviously, we've hated him from day one. Like, he's garbage from day one. 
Uh, and even Buckeye fans, when he was with Ohio State, not a lot of them that I talked to seemed to really like him. And all the, re- that much. the reason was is he was just kind of. He was cocky, but he, he didn't do he was, anything. He was arrogant, and he didn't have a lot of things to back it up. He was really, really good in high school. And the plays that he did play at Ohio State, he was very good. But he was acting like he was. Was he, he had, though? I mean, he had some insane runs because and some wh- insane throws. I he remember did. him. He had some really good it, plays. In the midst of the Michigan game, I remember him coming in. I think it might have been at the end of the second half. Michigan had just cut it to a two-point lead. A fumble? Um, was well, there a right at, no, I don't think so. But th- you had driven it all the way down and you brought you were on like the five and you brought I think you brought Tate Martell in and he basically just ran the ball three oh, times yes, for zero that. yards and you kicked a field goal. Yeah, you know, that what? Might have you, been can't, a different point, you can't but, win them all, but he did have some stellar <laughs> plays. I'm going to say, but he had a, a a aura about him that was he thinks he did a lot more than he actually did. Yeah. And yeah. he deserved the world. Yeah. And, and it's not true. And, you know, and he may actually end up playing quarterback for Miami. Who, who knows? Who's to say what the season's going to hold? Or wide receiver? Or with zero catch. Dude, come Don't on, swing man. three times, man. Don't swing three times and miss. That is a strikeout. Common ground has been forged around Tathan. <laughs> and I am here for it. It's your worst tweet of the week on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We will be back next Wednesday with some updates on how the first week of college football went. As always, follow us on Twitter at Jason Mitch. We would love to hear from you. And if you find that worst tweet of the week, let us know and we can feature it next episode. It's not just a game. It's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.